world is noisy, God Whispers, the podcast, is a production of Journeys Revealed Ministries. Glorify the Lord by your life. To learn more about this Catholic nonprofit apostolate, visit the website journeysrevealed.com. And now on with this month's show. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The World is Noisy, God Whispers, the podcast. I'm Julia Monin. With me on this special series, Father Jedediah Tridel. Happy Lent still, Father Jedediah. Thanks, Julia. I was thinking, I was thinking as I was speaking, you could tell because that came out very butchery. Yes. But when this is... With re- this wooden performance, <laughs> we can't help but to have higher viewership. Woo! So I was trying to if think... If you like the Star Wars prequels, you're going to love this. Uh-huh. Right. In all honesty, I was thinking while I was speaking, it did not go well. Where, when this is released next, we're recording Friday. Right. When this is released next week, the week uh, before Holy Week. We'll be smack dab there in Passion Time. Okay. Oh, okay. Man. Okay. That's what I was moving trying. right along. All right. How about that? Yeah. So there won't be an episode um, that we release during Holy Week because go pray. You don't need to listen to us. Right. It's just like the... The crosses and images, they're all veiled away. Mm-hmm. So too is our podcast. <laughs> right, right. So this this is our last one. It is. Perhaps for this, for, for sure for this series, perhaps for a while. Mm. Mm. Perhaps for a great many whiles. Perhaps, right. Mm. So kind of bittersweet, but here we are. All right, well, anything else you want to just small talk you want to make with the listeners before we actually dive in i'm super excited about this episode so i'm ready to get that's going. great most of the episode is going to be a surprise to me so uh that's why i'm so excited yeah <laughs> so <clears throat> wonderful we've had a topic for a couple episodes we've had actual outlines we've communicated prior and this one was just like you know what let's just show up have a spirit-led conversation tie up any final thoughts anything we want to tie up since this is the last not only of this series but of all of them that we've done so far. And then I got up here this morning in my office and I was preparing and reading through some things and thinking and pondering. And I had lots of ideas about where to take this one. So I'm surprising you. So yay, yay for me and for our listeners. Okay. <laughs> he says with a frightening look in his eye. All right. Well, without further ado, let us please begin with scripture, put ourselves in the presence of God. This is from 2 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 10. It is necessary to boast, nothing is to be gained by it, but I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a person in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows. And I know that such a person, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows, was caught up into paradise and heard things that are not to be told that no mortal is permitted to repeat. On behalf of such a one, I will boast, but on my own behalf, I will not boast, except of my weaknesses. But if I wish to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will be speaking the truth, but I refrain from it, so that no one may think better of me than what is seen in me or heard from me, even considering the exceptional character of the revelations. Therefore, to keep me from being too elated, A thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I appealed to the Lord about this, that it would leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. 
Therefore, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, then I am strong. Of course, this is St. Paul's, these are St. Paul's words, and the theme that we're going to kind of at least very loosely talk about today is is weaknesses, which I think I kind of mentioned that to you. Anyway, that's what has been coming up in my prayer this week, this reality of our own human weakness. And of course, we have St. Paul's example of that, of him experiencing these great mystical experiences, which we spent last month or last week's episode talking about, but having that realization of what's coming with that greater humility that I, I don't have a right, even though I could truthfully boast about these things, I'm not going to boast about these things. Instead, what I'm going to boast to you about is my weaknesses, right? And and God coming um, to him and saying, um, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. So here's the kind of genesis of this train of thought with me, personally speaking, not speaking for you, of course. This has been an incredibly like trying week for me where I have really felt the weight of my weaknesses, right? Like, I always feel that, but in a real way, like it has been very intensified this week. And of course, the reaction to that for me is, um, well, it's multiple fold, but one one reaction is just run and hide and never leave my house and close off all communication to everyone <laughs> except my immediate family and just curl up in a ball, put my hood up and let that be that, right? But the reality is, is I haven't, being faithful to the duties of my state in life haven't allowed me to have that response. So if I'm going to be faithful to God, I'm going to continue, then I need to keep wading these waters, even though I'm feeling so heavily the weight of all of my weaknesses. So that's where I've been thinking all week is just personally feeling the weight of my own weaknesses. Um, and what that what that is, and maybe part of it is too, where we are now over the heart of Lent, and we've been carrying these these crosses for the Lord intentionally and willingly since the start of Lent. You know, like with anything, you start with great zeal, with great vigor, and then you get about halfway through, and you just start losing your motivation or your desire, or again, you just feel the weaknesses of it. It's, it's real. It's been real in my life. So that's been where I have been led with this. Now I'm going to let you chat and fill in here, but. Um, as I was pondering that up here this morning in the office, as I was preparing to be here with you, I got to some quotes of our beloved sister, St. Therese, humble little St. Therese. And of course, God gave to St. Therese this message of, of communicating with us, this message of spiritual childhood and what that really means. And so I've got some powerhouse writings of her um, about this reality of our own weaknesses and how we approach that and um, what that looks like, carrying those with our Lord and really surrendering them and allowing them to grow us in greater humility, for sure, in the likeness of Christ and in the way of spiritual childhood. So that's kind of where we're going. Cool. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we had kind of joked earlier um, of calling, I think we're actually going to do it, calling this episode Retractions right. or uh, Retractiones. Right. Because uh, that was the last work of St. Augustine. I think mm. it was his last work. Mm. But he wrote his Retractions. And so mm. he went back and revisited all his previous works. If there was something he wanted to edit, uh, he edited it. If there's mm. something he wanted to restate, he restated. And mm. and so that's kind of that's kind of cool. So as a way to wrap up, we can you know recognize our own human weakness. Yes. If there's anything we want to revisit, edits, things like that, Right. Uh, we can do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which, doesn't that make you really excited to have, this is the one episode we've done where we are fully admitting, which we've always admitted that in the past, but, or at least implied it, we're fully admitting our own weaknesses and our own imperfections and the reality that, hey, we may have said and done things that perhaps, not intentionally, but perhaps are things that we could have 
said and done in better ways, right? So, um, and then I got thinking about when we recorded that uh, that series on John of the Cross last Lent. Like I was laughing practically out loud to myself in the reality of how bold I was in walking with you on that podcast. Like, who the heck am I to think I have any knowledge of John of the Cross and his teachings, which are so deep to understand, bold enough to think I could do a podcast on them. Anyway, I found it very very funny that Oh, well, you can you can read. Well, I you can know, you can open a book and read. Right. <laughs> I hope. Can you read? I can you read, can read, but reading and understanding John of the Cross are two different things. Well, sure. <laughs> so, anyway, anyway. So, lots of retractions. What's the Latin word for that again? Retractiones. <laughs> lots of those perhaps <laughs> on this episode. And again, just a time for us to to reflect on what this is when we come face to face with our own weaknesses, our own inabilities, our own imperfections as we're walking and serving the Lord. Yeah? Sound good? All right. Okay. So, to Therese. Okay. Ready to go there? All right. First, I have just a simple quote. She writes, How few there are who accept failure and weakness, who are content to see themselves on the ground and to be found there by others. Let me read that again. How few there are who accept failure and weakness, who are content to see themselves on the ground and to be found there by others. Now, of course, Therese isn't talking about mortal sin, the ways we would fall into mortal sin, but weaknesses and imperfections. And again, keep in mind as we were discussing this today, that, you know, the little way, this way of spiritual childhood, like mercifully in the arms of, she, she wrote that she viewed everything in her life, in her soul, through the, through the lens of God's mercy. So what a beautiful message we have. And how true is that? How few there are who accept it, who are content to see themselves on the ground to be found there by others. I, when rereading that, I was reminded of really two different situations where I physically fell on my face. One, like walking in a store with my husband, my, I don't know, my ankle just gave out and down I went and how like embarrassing that was. Like you're on the security camera, you can see yourself up there falling, right? Totally embarrassed him. He's like, who does this? I didn't come with her. But how, how, like how few that is like to want to remain down there. No, you don't want anybody to see that. And then one time too, yeah, at, at church and I was at a meeting and I was running upstairs real fast and totally biffed it, thought no one was there around me to see, but then looked up and saw, oh, people saw that like how how, and as she puts how few there are who would accept this who are content to see themselves on the ground and to be found there right that's true physically like spiritually that reality i think is true too (laughs) you're allowed to add things to this if you want you got nothing all right okay you want me to keep going with her quotes if you want okay all right listen to this I asked her to explain what she meant by remaining a little child before God. So this is what Therese said. It is to recognize our nothingness, to accept everything from God as a little child expects everything from its father. It is to be disquieted about nothing and not to be set on gaining or living, even among the poor. They give the child what is necessary, but as soon as he grows up, his father no longer wants to feed him and says, work now, you can take care of yourself. It was so as not to hear this that I never wanted to grow up, feeling that I was incapable of making my living, the eternal life of heaven. I've always remained little, therefore, having no other occupation but to gather flowers, the flowers of love and sacrifice, and of offering them to God in order to please him. To be little is not attributing to oneself the virtues that one practices, believing oneself capable of anything but to recognize that God places this treasure in the hands of his little child to be used when necessary, 
but it remains always God's treasure. Finally, it is not to become discouraged over one's faults, for children fall often, but they are too little to hurt themselves very much. To be little is not attributing to oneself the virtues that one practices, believing oneself capable of anything, but to recognize that God places this treasure in the hands of his little child to be used when necessary. So essentially this recognition of any virtue that we have, we have uh, grown in in our life is a working of God, a working of God's mercy. And the second that we take claim of that or, or say, I can never fall because here I've mastered all of these things and I no longer can fall is the second that we do fall, right? The second that we, we do come face to face with it because, um, because yeah, it's God that is working those miracles in the lives of our souls and we're simply cooperating with those graces. Anything yet to add? Because I can keep going. Keep going. I have one more. Okay. okay. One more. And then we'll really start breaking this down, but not by doing a dance. Okay. That was a bad joke. Okay. Therese continues. Oh, if I were unfaithful, if I committed only the slightest infidelity, I feel that I would pay for it with frightful troubles and I would no longer be able to accept death. Thus, I never cease to say to God, oh my God, I beg you, preserve me from the misfortune of being unfaithful. I asked, so this was someone asking Therese, what infidelity are you speaking about? Therese's response, a proud thought voluntarily entertained. For example, if I were to say to myself, I have acquired a certain virtue and I am certain I can practice it. For then this would be relying upon my own strength. And when we do this, we run the risk of falling into the abyss. However, I will have the right of doing stupid things up until my death if I am humble and if I remain little. Look at little children. They never stop breaking things, tearing things, falling down, and they do this even while loving their parents very, very much. When I fall in this way, it makes me realize my nothingness more. And I say to myself, what would I do and what would I become if I were to rely upon my own strength? I understand very well why St. Peter fell. Poor Peter. He was relying upon himself instead of relying only upon God's strength. I conclude from this experience that if I had said to myself, oh my God, you know very well I love you too much to dwell upon one single thought against the faith, my temptations would become more violent and I would certainly succumb to them. I'm very sure that if St. Peter had said humbly to Jesus, give me the grace, I beg you, to follow you even to death, he would have received it immediately. I'm very certain that our Lord didn't say any more to his apostles through his instructions and his physical presence than he says to us through his good inspirations and his grace. He could have said to St. Peter, ask me for the grace to accomplish what you want. But no, he didn't because he wanted to show him his weakness and because before ruling the church that is filled with sinners, he had to experience for himself what man is able to do without God's help. Before Peter fell, our Lord had said to him, And once you are converted, strengthen your brethren. This means convince them of the weakness of human strength through your own experience. So both of those quotes from Therese are coming from um, her last conversation. So things that she said as she was on her deathbed that the sisters who were living in the convent with her were collecting um, or that, that were writing about. I, 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 there's so much in this. First, mm -hmm. can you talk to us a little bit just about, um, scripturally speaking, what Therese is talking about with St. Peter, St. Peter's fall and, um, 
yeah, this reality of the Lord saying to, to Peter, once you've turned back, convince them or go back and strengthen your brethren. Sorry. Once you've been converted, go back and strengthen your brethren. Any insight on that? And mm, like Maybe uh, she's pointing out that arguably Peter did more good in the grand scheme of God's design by falling, by denying Christ, and then coming back to him and seeking forgiveness and repentance, and then going out from there and confirming the brethren than he would have should he have been completely faithful mm -hmm. all the way through. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember where, where I read this. It might have actually been Pope Benedict's volume two of uh, Jesus of Nazareth, the uh, triumphal entry through the resurrection. And uh, I think he mentions that Peter, yes, he's brave that he's in the courtyard, you know, where he denies Christ, but also he was he was not asked to go to the courtyard also. And he's kind of following following Christ on his own terms, trying to be the trying to be the tough guy, and then kind of falls flat on his face there, and so uh, and so through that he learns humility and mm. sees his own lack of strength on his own effort, and arguably that witness shows more than should he have like I said should he have been faithful the whole time. Mm. So that's kind of cool. That is, and that reality of to what she's kind of um, what she's touching on here is that reality of of um, God can teach us, and He does through Scripture, through through the lives of the saints, through the teachings we have of the church, through words and communicate. Also, He, in addition, teaches us through experience. And in Peter's example, and myself too, I I'm a Peter for sure. Um, those of us who perhaps are more strong-willed than someone else who um, need to learn the hard way, perhaps. We learn not only through words and, and what is written for us and handed down to us, but also through our own experience. In a real way, I, that like my own experience of feeling my weaknesses so powerfully this week has reminded me of that. Like the second I think, oh, I've made it, oh, I'm good, oh, you know, we can just coast from here on out, is the second I'm gonna fall on my face, right? And again, Trez's beauty in that is not only don't fear the fall, right? Like be, be such a small child that you recognize that not only is this possible, but if you do fall, that you can remain there safely in the Lord's arms, right? Um, so just this like wealth of, of wisdom and then using St. Peter. And then what about when she said, I'm very sure if Peter had humbly said to Jesus, give me the grace I beg you to follow you even to death, he would have received it immediately instead of like you're saying, like he he thought for sure, I won't be the one to deny you, right? This tough man, this proud man thing. Um, or going back to the gospel where Peter is astonished by the catch of fish. You remember that? Peter's astonished by the catch of fish. They've been fishing all night. Jesus comes up and says, go back out, lower your nets for a catch. And Peter says, well, we've been fishing all night and have caught nothing, but at your command, I'll go out and I'll lower my nets again. So he does. And of course, they bring in this huge catch of fish, and Peter is astonished. And Peter's response to that is, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. In reality, in your this was the gospel reading back in February. I think it was the fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time. And again, because I've been reflecting on all of these things in my own life this week, I went back and looked at your homily. And you said Peter's, the better response for Peter would have been, not depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, but stay with me for I am a sinful man, right? And that's that's beauty too, this I essence. probably found that line somewhere. Okay, <laughs> okay. In humility, he's not taking any credit. Um, but anyway, that's the, isn't that beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. That if, if Peter were saying, Lord, give me the grace to follow you, 
even until death. If, if Peter were saying in his astonishment, in his awe of God, not depart from me because I'm so terrible and so wretched, but stay with me because I'm so terrible and so wretched and I need you, then this whole, the whole reality of the soul of Peter it's, it's shifted. The perspective of it is shifted. And perhaps Peter's responses are are um, shifted in that way as well. Um, yeah, so moving forward on that, mm-hmm. like uh, like you mentioned in the in the beginning, it is it's a horrifying prospect to do a, a podcast on John of the Cross. You know, we did that last Lent mm-hmm. and uh, it's kinda you know, kinda funny if you do that, you know, people might presume uh, that you are, or at least fancy yourself, oneself mm-hmm. as some kind of expert on John of the Cross, mm-hmm. and kind of thinking thinking back to doing that podcast, that was great for me because I had I had read John of the Cross's works at least once, mm-hmm. all the way through, and a couple of them a couple of times, mm-hmm. and so for that uh, we were we were doing one major work a week for all the weeks of Lent, and so just kind of went back and skimmed the the main points and the kind of main themes of each of those works. Mm-hmm. And so in the in the grand scheme of things, I mean, it was a, a pretty rudimentary mm-hmm. uh, summary mm-hmm. of each work of John of the Cross. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things like, hey, if it was good for people, great, mm-hmm. praise God. Mm-hmm. It was helpful for me to go mm-hmm. back and reread John of the Cross. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't want to go back and re-listen to those episodes. Because <laughs> I mean, chances, I mean, fact of the matter is I'll be rereading John of the Cross the rest of my life, mm-hmm. gleaning more from his works every time, Lord mm-hmm. willing. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I mean, there's wisdom there that one can't just exhaust in mm-hmm. one or 10 readings. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, is it, uh, we had a, I think it was a, a Veroese, one of the medieval Muslim scholars that he had to read. Aristotle's metaphysics 29 times before he understood it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I, I think the, uh, probably the living flame of love is like that. Oh, Read it 29 <laughs> times before we, have, before we understand it. But, right. uh, but yeah, it's one of those things that, you know, well, you know, well, I'll, I can say for myself, I'm going to be, I'm, I will glean more every time I read it mm-hmm. and could probably do a much better and more thorough mm-hmm. talk on it mm-hmm. every time I read it. But that's just the, that's just what it is. Right. You know? And going back to, uh, to St. Paul's words that we opened with in the beginning, this reality of, and I don't know about you, maybe you're not a perfectionist like, like, like myself, but I'm not a perfectionist, but I want to do something as well as I am able to do it, able to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, like if I know I left something on the table, is Mm -hmm. that the euphemism? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. If I, if I, if I left something hanging, there it is. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, that's on me versus right. you do your best. You do what's in your capability to do right. and something comes up short. Well, you know, right. Whatever. Right. So the Lord has brought me to the place of greater surrender and trust that you're talking about there where you just do your best and you trust that, you know, that the Lord will work these, his power will be made perfect. And even in your weaknesses, like St. Paul writes. Um, but yeah, in the beginning of, of, you know, walking with the Lord and, um, sharing my story with others and doing things like that. Um, it was really horrifying to me that I didn't have it perfect, like from the get go. And even going back, that was one of the reasons why I struggled so much with publishing, um, volume one, why that took me so long to get through that process, because I wanted to go back and perfect everything. And every time you go back, you can perfect it even more than what it was. Right. And, um, it, I took me a year of trying to perfect it to only then realize I need to go back and make, keep this more true to what was originally there. If I'm really trying to show the progression of a soul's growth in God, that I can't perfect it from where I am now. And even now to go back, I I can't reread it. When we re-released the second editions not too long ago, and we had an editor look through them again and edited them, 
I mean, I got in there with what he recommended and then I got out like to go back and reread them just horrifies the situation. I think that's the reality too. I will not be going back Mm -hmm. and re-listening to um, any of those. But like you said, the fruitfulness in my own soul and and looking at John of the Cross at that time, I really realized what a father he is to me. Like at that time, he was a saint that, and you've heard that maybe that you don't choose, you don't find saints, saints find you. And with John of the Cross, that was certainly the case with me. I mean, instantly I fell in love with St. Therese when I read Story of the Soul and felt like, oh, here's someone who gets me like no one has ever got me before. When reading Teresa of Avila for the first time, I thought, holy cow, like kid, just a kindred soul. Like, it, Oh, she's fun. Oh, yes, she's fun. Oh, what a fun, what a fun, <laughs> fun nun. Yes, what a fun, fun <laughs> nun. Yes, and immediately relatable. I'm like, oh, I just want to keep reading her in her writings. And John was like, John, you sound great. And... I mean, this seems beautiful, but man, I can't take in one thing you're saying, right? And so it was like I was being formed with him because I needed to be formed with him. That was part of formation and karma, but it was kind of like, I don't know. And he was just so persistent and keep showing back up in my life and keep rereading and then doing that podcast where, again, now being faithful to the duties of my state in life because we committed to doing that meant I needed to go back in. And it was during last Lent where I really realized like lights, light balls started going off like, oh, I'm such a daughter of his, like... I wasn't getting it at first, but now that I get it, and I've told you this before, but like if I only had one book for the rest of my life, besides the Bible, I'd take his collected works and I would just sit oh, yeah. with that. Without a doubt. <laughs> the Without rest of doubt. my life. So, um, And that's where just approaching these things with, with humility, mm-hmm. where, you know, you, hopefully our take on John of the Cross is pretty, pretty much rooted in what he says verbatim. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not uh, trying to make a, <laughs> academic thesis statement based on right based on him you know like there are there are scholars of spiritual theology who could spend a lifetime studying a few paragraphs of one of his works mm-hmm. you know and so we're just really trying to present him mm-hmm. as he presents himself mm-hmm. uh with direct quotes and direct mm-hmm. readings and you know we jumped around a lot and mm-hmm. obviously he's you know he's very deep and there's a lot of difficult theological language but uh hey if it encourages one more person to read mm-hmm. John of the Cross, all the mm-hmm. better. And maybe that person will say, boy, those two missed the mark big time. <laughs> right. But, right. hey, they're reading John of the Cross, right. so... Right, <laughs> right, uh, made Made the point. Right. Goal achieved. That's right. Before yep. we uh, before we record, we always, um, we always pray before we go live. We're not live, but before we hit record. And your prayers, this, this series have been so beautiful for prayers invoking, of course, the Holy Spirit to come upon us, but that God may increase, that we may decrease, that we may say things that only glorify him, that we're not saying things that, that are only meant to glorify us. And, um, and that reality too, like rooted in humility. And also then the prayer, of course, that God does whatever he wills with this. So if in our own weaknesses, our own imperfections, our own, um, unintentional errors or whatever it might be but if that the lord used that like he used peter's fall and his errors to somehow bear fruit for the church in the long run well then so be it like that's Mm -hmm. what we've been praying that god's will is done um however that will needs to be carried out and when you do that yeah you you give him permission to kick you around a little bit (laughs) on revisiting the process uh besides maybe one or two episodes where it was obvious the maybe some of the listeners wouldn't know that the uh the technical difficulties for this series have been absurd, mm-hmm. absolutely absurd. Mm-hmm. Like you get the thing, the mics and the mm-hmm. the the video camera, mm-hmm. the video camera, the uh, 
what do you call those things? A recorder? You put it up on your shoulder like this, and we yeah, the you know, VHS like the, the kind of thing Dad has strapped to his uh-huh, wrist. You that. know, at, at, all right now, wave to your mother, boys. <laughs> right, that the, your video camera. Uh-huh. Uh, things aren't working. Uh, the Facebook Live sync with uh, can we say that live uh, a brand name? The uh, oh, <laughs> sure. yeah, that internet social media platform. Uh-huh. Live uh-huh. that we used on the John of the Cross podcast was an absolute nightmare to get working, mm-hmm. and we would turn it on, and the like the firmware, or the driver wasn't compatible with this mm-hmm. with the recording drivers, mm-hmm. and I mean it was just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then I think the first one of this podcast, uh, I think what was it? My mic was too loud. We had tested it; everything sounded great. That was the Therese one. Okay, that was the Therese uh-huh. one. That was back in Advent. Yeah, and uh, yeah. And my mic was so loud that it was buzzing. And I felt terrible because you, you put out a high-quality product on your mm-hmm. Journeys Revealed podcast. And it's like, well, this this is like some, you know, some low-level. Uh, <laughs> yeah, say, uh, I think it's sweet that you... Low-budget low, <laughs> low uh, podcast uh-huh. thing. And uh-huh. it's like, so yeah, so we've had to just suck it up for some oh, of these golly. things a lot. Where it's like, well... It is what it is. Mm-hmm. We tested it. We tried mm-hmm. something messed up beyond mm-hmm. our capacity. And, mm-hmm. you know, if someone hates it because of that, I guess that's just that's mm-hmm. just how it is. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, this reality of, of, again, echoing Paul's words, like I three times I, I begged him about this, that it would leave him. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you for power is made perfect in weakness. And how often were we doing that? Like begging for the technology, begging to find the words, begging that all this. And then time and time again, things were blowing up in front of us. But again, we kept our heads down, kept moving forward again with that prayer of God's will be done and bear whatever fruit he wants to bear with this in whatever way he wants to bear That's with right. it. Yeah, that, uh, that popular internet social media platform live mm-hmm. has been a thorn in my side. Yes. I'm so glad we're not using that popular internet social media platform Amen. live this time. Amen, brother. <laughs> Amen. Um, <laughs> get this facetious guy out of here. No, the, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, all right, so so anyway, yeah, going back again to Therese's wisdom, this what this means in this spiritual childhood, how that relates to Peter, which we're going to hear a lot about Peter as, again, as we always do, as we um, wind down the season of Lent, as we enter into Holy Week, and really reflecting on that and on him on him being um, the rock of the church and us all looking to him as, as this rock. Um, what can we learn from his lice, from his, from his wins, but from his losses, from his times that the Lord's grace was apparent in him and the times where perhaps he wasn't cooperating with it as much as he should. But as his children, we can all learn from that reality. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So this may go back, going back to revisiting and retractiones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This may come as a surprise. But, uh, you know, talking very specifically about mystical stuff yeah. and the things people might encounter in their devotional lives or in, in their own lives, things like that, that's actually like not super easy to talk about. That's really hard. And <laughs> I think a, a big reason, and I've been kind of reflecting on this since our last podcast episode mm. of, uh, it's, it's sort of like... You know, way before Sunday Mass, I have a homily ready to go. You know, usually by Saturday morning, there's a weekend homily ready to go. And sometimes it happens where you have Saturday evening confession. Someone comes in and says, like, exactly what you're going to preach about that night. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, man, this person's going to think that I took their confession and preached a homily about it. Mm -hmm. And so usually I'll, this is from, there's a great book called A Confessor's Handbook by Father Kurt Stasiak. 
from uh, Mine Red, Arch Abbey. Mm -hmm. And he says, this happens a lot. Basically, just bring it up like, hey, you know, if uh, you might find it helpful, the gospel and the homily actually this weekend kind of mm -hmm. match up with that. So there's a way to diffuse that. Mm -hmm. But so, but when we talk about really specific things, whether that's in a homily or a talk or a podcast, uh, sometimes people feel called out, mm -hmm. you know, where it's like, oh, I told Julia that or I told mm -hmm. Father that in confidence and they brought it to a... Uh, something live, mm -hmm. all right? That's not the case. That's mm -hmm. like the person going to confession with the same thing I'm going to preach about that night. Mm -hmm. Where if something, if something is so widespread, uh, if I'm going to if I'm going to speak about something specifically, you mm -hmm. know, that means something has to be so widespread that it merits being talked about. You know, like if you tell me something in confidence, Julia, mm -hmm. uh, that's that ends with that conversation. Mm -hmm. If you tell me a struggle you have mm -hmm. and 15 other people tell me the same struggle mm -hmm. over the course of a few months, mm -hmm. uh, I might think, okay, this is obviously something that needs to be spoken about. Mm -hmm. And so that's just, just kind of going back to, to revisit, uh, you know, when we're talking about treat, treating the mystical life or treating, treating supposed mystics and things like that, mm -hmm. uh, like like diviners, mm -hmm. right? It's, it, it, it makes the spiritual life more like divination mm -hmm. than it does the spiritual life, right? And so if we're going to people asking, okay, what, is, what does God want me to do? Because clearly God talks to this person. Mm -hmm. All right, that's, that's not a healthy way of life. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that mess up people's personal lives. Many people, not just one or two people. Mm -hmm. uh, I know you've experienced some of, some of that in, the peop in your, your own counseling mm -hmm. and walking with people. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've seen it mess up family lives, married life, and all those kind of things. And so when we bring out stuff really specific like that, uh, it's because I encounter it a lot, mm. you know, and I, and I hate mm. to see that. And I am an ordained priest of God. And if there's something that's messing with the spiritual life of people, mm. especially my people, mm. uh, I've got to address that kind of stuff, mm. you know, but that doesn't mean that it's not horrifically uncomfortable mm. and yeah, and that worry is always there. It's like, boy, someone, uh, a lot of people could think, boy, I'm, I'm talking to that person. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, mm -hmm. if you, I'm sure when John Vianney was giving his homilies, you know, the people who were, you know, engaged in the, uh, uh, like pagan festivals and festivities and ours sure. felt pretty called out too. Sure. But, you know, that's just what it was. That was that was the topic of the moment. So mm -hmm. when we're talking about not going after signs and wonders spiritualities mm -hmm. it's because i see people mm -hmm. i know people mm -hmm. going after signs and wonders spirituality who make mm -hmm. these extraordinary experiences the the measuring stick of their spiritual life mm -hmm. and it doesn't bear good fruit mm -hmm. and i'll say that clearly it mm -hmm. does not bear good fruit mm -hmm. and so that has to be that has to be talked about you know mm -hmm. and, and when we, we can look clearly at the the wisdom of the saints the wisdom of the ages that stood the test of time, who the church has lifted up as authorities, you know, doctors of the church, Therese, Teresa, John of the Cross, uh, and not just Carmelites, but Francis de Sales, Liguori, and other uh, masters of the spiritual life, that we, we see that this is this is not the path of wisdom. Mm -hmm. You know, and this, this isn't how the church has traditionally taught the spiritual life. And so really this is a matter of uh, going back to our sources, you know, who, who should we listen to? Uh, you know, not me, mm. not you. We're no. not, we're not doctors of the churches <laughs> right. here. Right. Whose uh, writings have stood the test of time. But right. like we said at the beginning, we can read. Right. You know, right. and we can read right. the doctors of the churches. Right. 
and doctresses of the churches, mm-hmm. church, and mm-hmm. uh, we can we can talk about these things, mm-hmm. you know. So that's yeah, just part of revisiting that. You know, there's it's no it's no personal shot at anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not to assert myself or ourselves as some kind of authority on the mm-hmm. on the spiritual life or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just a recognition that we have authorities on the spiritual life, and we don't have to reinvent these things every century. Mm-hmm. And the, of course, the Holy Spirit moves in different ways, in mm-hmm. different times in church in the church's history. But there's still a consistency mm-hmm. that we can see from Christ and the apostles, through the church fathers, the desert fathers, uh, the mystics of the 10th, 11th, and 12th centuries, mm-hmm. the medievals, the, the early moderns like the Carmelites and the Ignatius and Xavier and the Jesuits, and uh, our contemporaries. You know, we can see we can see a pattern. Of thought, and we see that in great modern authors like Father Thomas Dubay of Happy Memory, Father Jacques Philippe, and other contemporary masters of the spiritual life. We see them going back to the sources, not just kind of reinventing something. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I hope to be in the tradition of people like Father Thomas Dubay and right. Jacques Philippe. Right. <laughs> yeah. In short, yeah, I, I too, with, with that last, like you began there, that last episode on mysticism was incredibly difficult to, um, to talk about, to bring into words these, these, these experiences of prayers and try to systematically make, make sense of them. Right, let alone the topic in general. Oh yeah, yeah, you kidding me? And so, yeah, after, after that one, there was a lot of, uh, just a lot of weight of not necessarily regret about what we said or anything we said, but just, um. I don't know, concern about the implications that might go along with, with saying those things. So I, I was, again, chatting that over with a, a spiritual director of my own because I can get lost in that obsessive thinking of, I should have said this, I didn't say that. Should I do this? Should I not do this, right? Um, and, and can become scrupulous. And again, that's unhealthy thinking on my own part. Um, but but uh, he had to kind of laugh at me. Um, first encouraged me to send it as was, but then um, had to laugh at me. It was like, are you telling people you are a church authority and people have to listen to you verbatim and like they should be taking everything that comes out of your mouth as the absolute truth? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope I'm not making that impression, <laughs> right? Because right. if I've ever made that impression, yeah. And then I thought, that's right. <sighs> right. People have people should be discerning and like wondering and going back mm-hmm. to the sources and reading and thinking. So um, yeah. anyway, it's like to take that pressure off. No, I'm, I don't think I'm making that impression. Right. <laughs> I'm not a doctor of the church whose, again, writings are 500 plus years old and have stood the test of time. So by all means, please discern this and go to the sources and go to the books and go to the scripture and, and uh, be praying and wondering about these things. So that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, one of the more eye-opening books I ever read in seminary was The Interior Castle mm-hmm. uh, because, well, for one, I could, I could see myself uh, far lower in that book mm-hmm. than I would have cared to admit mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was a wake-up call and it was a challenge of like, man, this whole entering the castle with prayer and reflection, uh, this path of humility, all these things she's talking about in, you know, the first mansion. Mm-hmm. It's like, there are things in here I'm not doing, mm-hmm. like major things I'm not mm-hmm. doing. And it was a challenge and it was a, a really a, a call and an invitation to actually start immersing myself in, okay, what, what is it, what have these saints actually taught mm-hmm. about the spiritual life? Because, you know, I know some of these things conceptually, but in terms of what am I actually doing in my life mm-hmm. and what, what kind of fruit am I bearing as the result? Mm-hmm. Uh, that wasn't, that wouldn't have been the first thing on my mind mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was happily and continue to be 
happily challenged Mm -hmm. by the Carmelite Saints Mm -hmm. and will continue to be happily challenged and not so happily challenged by the Carmelite Saints. Right, right. For the rest of our lives. Yeah, for the rest (laughs) of my life. Right, right. Okay. Good. That's cool. All right. Well, I can wash my hands of that now. Well, I feel better. Don't we all? Golly. I mean, seriously, that, that was, that was intense. Um, so anyway, being reminded of not just weaknesses, but the beauty of them Mm -hmm. and the beauty of our weaknesses is that they do keep us attached to Christ. Like a child is constantly attached to their parents, to their father. Right. So that reality and of, of that, what we read from Therese, what we looked at in scripture, when we looked at Peter and that astonishment, right. Um, of course, Peter denies our Lord during his passion. I love that. You said that was Pope Benedict the 16th who made that, um, that connection about that denial of he was at the courtyard, which was good, but also he wasn't asked to go to the courtyard. So I think that was, yeah, in Benedict's book. Yeah, that's that's something to think. You about. keep talking. I'll try to find that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, really? You have stuff with you? I do in my my bag over oh, there. Oh, okay. Do you want it? Sure. Okay. Welcome to the Journeys Revealed podcast. I'm your host, Jedediah Tridel. So that's that's what I that's what I get for not telling him where we were going with that. But to think about that that Peter's reality. So Peter's denial, but maybe Peter shouldn't have been at the courtyard to begin with. Thinking about Peter's astonishment when the Lord sends him back out to. Um, and by the way, that is in that is in Luke five, Luke chapter five, verses one through eleven, when Peter looks to the Lord and says, depart from me for I'm a sinful man. But in reality, the truly humble soul would have said, said, stay with me for I am a sinful man. By all means, don't depart from me, right? I, because I am so sinful is because I need you so much. And then again, reading Therese's words, um, Jesus could have said to St. Peter, ask me for the strength to accomplish what you want, but he didn't. He didn't because he wanted to show him his weakness. And because before ruling the church that is filled with sinners, he had to experience for himself what man is able to do without God's help. Before Peter fell, our Lord had said to him, and once you are converted, strengthen your brethren. This means convince them of the weakness of human strength through your own experience. So we shouldn't be surprised that we have weaknesses. We shouldn't be surprised that we continue to fall over and over and over again. We shouldn't be surprised that sometimes we say things that are in error. That we're, not, we're not malicious people trying to lead people astray, but perhaps we've said things or done things that aren't the best. Um, what we need to keep doing is uniting ourselves with the Lord in greater and greater humility and in greater and greater confidence that he can bring the end for which he has sent any any good that he's done in us or any good he's doing through us for the good of others. Again, going back to what we've been praying as we begin every one of these, that his will be done through these episodes. And if that means you and I are making a fool out of ourselves in some way or another in order that, um, who knows, whatever fruit he's bearing, then so be it. Was that, what was that Therese compared herself to when she she was went to the Lord in prayer, like a tetherball or something like that, that she told the Lord, gave the Lord permission to like, just like an old plaything, kick her around if he wanted to. If he wanted to kick her around, if he wanted to treat her, you know, where she's up one minute, she's down the next, whatever it might be, but fully surrendered to his will, even if that, that meant she'd feel her weaknesses along the way. So, Right. I didn't find that quote. Well, but I'm pretty sure I remember it was towards the beginning when uh, he's talking about Jesus going into the temple and saying, zeal for your house has consumed me. Mm-hmm. And what exactly that zeal is. That it's not the zeal of the zealots who were political revolutionaries. And it's not even the, uh, it's not a zeal of violence. 
And it's not even the zeal of Peter who followed him to the courtyard, but it's a uh, the zeal of the cross. What? Something like that. Yeah. So if you, I'm pretty sure that, that's where. It was. Yeah. Let me know because I put can, it in the comments or something. I can put it in the show yeah. notes, and that does seem like that kind of brought this series then full circles, since the title is Zealous Musings, <laughs> to mm. like reflect upon that, what that really means. The Lord saying, "Zeal for your house will consume me," and um, reflecting on that a little bit more. So that would be great if we find that. I'll throw that in the show notes so you can take that to prayer as well. <sighs> Any other final thoughts or retractions? What was the Latin word again? Pretty sure it's retra- retractione. You're probably right. I, I could be wrong, though, and <laughs> it's like one of those false cognates. <laughs> right, 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 okay. I'm trying to think, tractus, retractus, what would the verb be, tractare? Beats me. I don't know. Beats me. I'm pretty sure it's like retractiones. <laughs> Beats me with a question mark with the emoji of the woman who does this. This this is my life. Beats me. That's going to be the title of my next book. I don't know what you're talking about. Beats me. I have no idea. What are these emojis? shut it i'm not that clueless i'm just kidding (laughs) shut it all right well i don't know that i have anything else that's about it any last words (laughs) that's about it yeah last words before you leave us before you depart from us Hmm. hmm if you've never read story of a soul read story of a soul Mm -hmm. if you read story of a soul and you don't like story of a soul that's okay Mm. A lot of people don't. Mm. Come back to it someday. Mm. But maybe check out, what, Elizabeth of the Trinity? She's great. Maybe her collected works or uh, uh, He Is My Heaven. Mm. By Jennifer Moorcroft. Jennifer Moorcroft, great Mm. introduction to her. Mm -hmm. Um, Great intro to Saint T. Mm -hmm. Um, Way of Perfection or... Do you think Interior Castle is a good place to start? It might be kind of intimidating, but also kind of cool. Uh, in formation, in the secular order, we begin, our introduction to, with her begins with the way of perfection. Okay. So there must be wisdom yeah. to that reality. We don't pick up interior castle until a few years in. Sure. But our initial... Yeah, way of perfection is pretty straightforward. I don't think it needs a ton of background knowledge. Mm-hmm. She's just telling you how to be holy. Mm-hmm. Reflects on the our father for a few chapters, and then comes mm-hmm. back to telling you how to be holy. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a good place to start. Mm-hmm. John of the Cross. Uh, we talked about his poetry. It's a good mm-hmm. place to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, great first work to read. Spiritual Canticle. Mm-hmm. Read the poem, then read the read the commentary on mm-hmm. it, which is the work, the Spiritual Canticle. Mm-hmm. Don't start with the Dark Knight. <laughs> Even though that's arguably his most popular one, it's not written to be read in isolation. Uh-huh. That's so fun. So I have to say personal stories since we've been sharing those this series too is, um, you know, several months ago, again, just the heaviness and like a very heavy trial of my life. And I've been reading through the dark night and very slowly, but reading myself through the dark night. And I was explaining that or sharing that with you, just the heaviness. And it had been going on for quite a while. (laughs) You're like, look, I like a treatise on the dark, the dark night of the soul as much as the next guy, but maybe you should move back to the living flame of love and read that for a while mm-hmm. <laughs> or the spiritual. Was, uh, I think it was something like, I, I appreciate a treatise on ascetical theology as much as the next cat, but uh, <laughs> you might want to move back to the spiritual canticle. 
<laughs> darkness has become that consuming for you. Perhaps yeah. That. Um, yeah. The spiritual canicle is where uh, we, we began in formation, although um, also in formation groups, they will begin with the living flame of love. So like the peak of this, the mm. soul's union with God so that you can see like this, this is the height. This is the beauty of where God is drawing the soul. Um, and then you can kind of work your way through that reality of, the, the darkness that comes mm-hmm. to, to draw a soul there, to dry a soul out and to bring a soul to that union. So um, if you're a fellow who needs to just just needs a good kick in the jeans to get your spiritual life started, uh, you got the ascent of Mount Carmel. Yes. Read it. Pray it. Yes. Live it. Yes. The ascent of Mount Carmel. The ascent of Mount Carmel. Um, and that would probably be your recommendation to your brother priest. Not that we, I really don't think we have. I'm in no place to give recommendations to brother priests, but um, uh, yes, I would recommend that to my brother priests. Right, okay. The Ascent of Mount Carmel. Right. Not that I think we That's have right. been listening to this, but. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, okay. I, you know, Mount Caramel, it's a mountain mm-hmm. of caramel, mm-hmm. like processed sugar. Mm-hmm. And St. Teresa's famous work, The Way of Confection, mm-hmm. and The Ascent of Mount Caramel. Mm-mm. I, I hope my face is saying all I want to say. I was hoping to find like more more good uh, confectionery titles, mm-hmm. but uh, alas, mm-hmm. the English language runs thin at a glance. Mm-hmm. On that note. That's ridiculous. On that ridiculous note, mm-hmm. shall we wrap this up? Yeah. Some people say they find Therese to be too saccharine. I was like, it's not saccharine. It's, you, don't, you don't make caramel out of saccharine. You make it out of sugar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That wasn't particularly good. There's some. There's something clever in there, though. Oh, mm. she's not saccharine. She's caramel. She, That's right. better. That's yeah. Right. Well, low-hanging fruit. Right. Mm. We should. We should end. Okay. I'm gonna end with one more quote of Trez. Do it. Okay. In the evening during recreation, Trez. This again in her book, her last conversations. Just now, when Sister Genevieve said to Sister Martha, who asked how I was. She is very tired, I was thinking. That's true, I am. Yes, I'm like a tired and harassed traveler who reaches the end of his journey and falls over. Yes, but I'll be falling into God's arms. So do not be surprised by your weaknesses. Do not be surprised when you feel them. Do not be surprised when they knock you over. Trust that God is with you. He's working some greater good in the life of your soul and the life of those souls entrusted to you in your life and that you will be falling into his arms all through the lens of his mercy and his love. Thank you, St. Therese. Thank you, Father Jedediah. Wow. Thank you, Julia. Yeah. I'm going to miss you. Please pray so I can dry my tears. Mm. Or you can let me dry my tears for me. Weep not for me, woman, but for your children. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> that was good, man. I don't want to say anything else. Pray. That was so good. Well played. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this time together. Uh, we ask that in uh, even in small ways, uh, our time may be a blessing to others and bear fruit in our own lives and in the lives of all those who listen. And we entrust uh, all our intentions to St. Joseph, to all the angels and saints, and especially to our Blessed Mother, as we pray, Hail Mary, full, full of, of grace, grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.